0: I was recently reminded that the fastest way to succeed, to win, is actually to fail. That's the topic of today's micro show. And I know it sounds like a curveball, right? But this is literally true. The fastest way to succeed is to fail. And yet the only reason this sounds goofy is because we are constantly falling into a trap. Let me tell you about this trap because I have fallen into this trap so many times, and most recently, I would say even just like a couple weeks ago. And without going into too much detail, I was trying to make this little project work out perfectly. And what the project was, is I was installing this golf simulator at the studio and where I go to work every day. And I was doing all of the calculations on paper. I had all the lists, you know, all the from all the vendors. And I had the little a document that laid out all the, all the furnishings, what goes where, how. And All of this was before I had taken any meaningful action, right? These are lists and notes and diagrams. And yet, when I finally got started, after all these oodles and planning and doodles and everything everything immediately fell apart. And this was, uh, to be fair, I had like, there's weeks of doodling and noodling gone into this thing, but I wasn't actually taking action. And when everything fell apart, this is what I remembered. It's this common belief that all of the decisions need to be made ahead of schedule and, in fact, in the right order to get us to the outcome that we want. Now, this is true, our belief this is. This is a belief that we all bump up against, not just in you know golf simulators for our studio, but in all of the outcomes that we want in life. But that is actually the trap. You see, what's in your head is conceptual. It does not have to do with atoms and the real world, right? It's not real until it gets out of your head and into the world. In some incarnation, right? In the real world, this is the most beautiful and glorious factory for mistakes. And I say mistakes because mistakes actually are the things that propel us forward, So much so, this real world is the glorious factory for mistakes. So much so that even the idea of avoiding mistakes, that's a lie that's sold to us by suckers who believe that that is some noble pursuit. Now, I am not saying that a decent plan isn't helpful. Do not misinterpret what I'm saying here. But the reality is that most of us plan way too much and then we get bulldozed, we get steamrolled. When something doesn't go as planned. And yet, the world isn't about avoiding mistakes. It's about recovering quickly, right? Practically speaking, this is not about pretending, even for a hot second, that you're not gonna screw up now and then, that you're not gonna make mistakes. This is about recovering quickly from the errors that you should be willing, dare I say, excited to make. And specifically, and this is the major takeaway. From today's episode is the faster that you can make small mistakes, learn from those mistakes, modify your behavior and move forward, the faster you will win. This is this is true. <laughs> I mean, I've experienced it, and right now you're probably doing a little calculus. How many times you've been sitting on the couch, had the perfect plan, you put step one into action and it's different than you planned, and then you're tripped up. Or there's a hundred analogies, right? This is also, however, this process of making a mistake and recovering quickly is this is exactly how you develop confidence. And you know, when I look back through journals and notes, and I, I often do a little debrief when I give keynotes somewhere about the major topics that I, you know people come up and talk to me afterwards or for doing a book signing. And I had this note scribbled in all caps as a debrief from most recent uh, keynotes I've given. And I took a lot of questions about confidence. How to develop it? How is it created? And this is one of the things that made me want to do today's micro show, right? We need to make mistakes quickly, recover, and get back to work. And this process is the process of developing confidence. You start to trust yourself, being willing to make a mistake, knowing that you can recover and move forward. That's what confidence is, right? It's trusting that when you make these mistakes, that the recovering quickly and I'll I'll even say so, gracefully, is the mechanism for moving you forward the fastest. It's counterproductive, I know, because we've all been taught that good people, smart people, talented people, hardworking people don't make mistakes. That's just not facts. The facts are that the best in any category, the hardest working, the highest performers make mistakes quickly. And you know what? They can park their ego in order to do this. Most of us, non-high performers, have egos that get in the way. So I ask you today, can you make a decision? Let today's micro show guide you toward action. And it's through the art of making these mistakes gracefully that you should do one of the three things and ideally all of them. Number one, reduce your planning and begin the doing. How much time are you spending planning what you're going to do versus actually taking action? If you you know do as i've done before done the math or tracked your time we've most of the time we have this out of balance a plan is definitely a useful thing you're not getting me wrong it's it's useful to provide a little structure and a little direction but as the saying goes it rarely goes according to plan so why do we therefore waste so much energy getting the plan as what we see as quote perfect right We know now that that's not happening. That's not the right way of proceeding. Let's instead this week, and again, bullet point number one here, what can you do? Let's get a direction and put it into action. Let's be willing to revise and mold the plan as we go. And then it's not if we get lost or if we get distracted or if we get off track. It's when let's take a beat, take a quick step back, evaluate, and move forward again as rapidly as we possibly can. Progress is only made by doing. So let's target 10% planning and 90% doing for whatever is your next project. Something that I want you to engage in this coming week. Okay, that's thing one. Reduce planning, increase doing. Number two, it's a little bit of a catchphrase here. It's okay to sell lumber, but there's a lot of value in the sawdust. Fine question to say, well, what do you mean by that, Chase? I've talked about this for a long time, uh, and I think my, my friend Jason Freed, uh, you may remember him from his book, Rework. Uh, he's also a great podcast episode with him, super, super smart guy. Uh, I've talked about this again for a long time, but Jason puts it, he really nails it. This is the importance of turning leftover stuff from your work, i.e. throwaways, mistakes, byproducts, the first draft of anything. How can you turn that into gold? I highly recommend listening to this episode. Uh, if you can, go back and just Google my name and Jason Fried and, you know, the Chase Jarvis Live Show, and you'll get a great episode, I promise. And again, the punchline here, okay to sell lumber, but there's real value in sawdust. Sure, if the lumber is the product that you're setting out to make, what have you what can you learn from all of the mistakes, all of the the extraneous stuff that doesn't go into the final product that's laying on the ground. These are the outtakes from your photo shoot. You probably learn more from the outtakes than you do from the final pictures. All right, that's thing two. Number three, let's embrace the near win. Now to be fair, near win is not my phrase. I'll get to that in just a second, but I love this concept and it's something that I've employed, I'd say pretty recently actually this is this mentality has evolved for me. And what it boils down to is so many of us are always looking on the lookout for the big break, right? We're going to release our masterpiece. We're going to fixate on some grand breakthrough, the moment when everything comes together, like the perfect symphony, right? We learn for that. That's something we crave and, and understandably so, because there's a lot of buildup in this planning and all these matriculations that we go through in our brain. This is going to be the shining achievement that validates all of our past effort, but there's a twist. It's not usually the big wins that propel us forward. We are crafted to believe that society tells us that it's when, you know, this particular filmmaker has their, their big break to the box office smash, but uncommon wisdom, a little bit of science said that that's not actually true. In fact, it's really the near win, this brush with imperfection that holds the key to growth and development. So what do I mean by that? What's the near win? Embracing this concept of almost putting the masterpiece out, of putting something out and having it not just nail the masterpiece quality is actually where the most benefit is, right? Embracing the near win means recognizing the immense value in falling just short of the mark and coming up just shy of whatever that massive outcome that you had previously envisioned might be. Now, counterintuitive, right? You're saying, wait a minute, how could that possibly be better than the smash hit? Well, it's in these moments of imperfection, in these incomplete creations, the ones that we find fuel to push ourselves further, Imagine you wanted to score 10 goals in your, you know, your adult soccer league for this coming season. You score nine. Most people I know, they're like, nine's pretty good. Next year, I know what to do differently. I'm, I know how I'm going to train. I know the four or five things that I can do differently, and I'm going to push harder. But let's be clear that nine is a pretty good season, right? The near win challenges us. It tests our resilience and it forces us to examine our approach. And in fact, it is these near wins, this concept of a near win, which, to be fair, I got from a great TED talk, this idea, not the idea rather, but the name. It's in the near win that we open doors to new perspectives and we reveal areas where we can improve. If you dunk on that, you envision 10 and you get 10. I mean, this is not the best example, to be fair. However, most people that I know, and in my own experience, when I have, you know, hit the 10 out of 10, I rarely actually do a debrief. I just pat myself on the back and move forward. I want to throw a fourth one in here now that I'm thinking about it. I said one, you know, I said one through three, right? Stop planning, start doing It's okay to sell lumber, but look at the value in the sawdust. And then this third one here, embrace the near win. I'm going to throw a fourth one in here. This consider this a bonus in today's micro show. This is the power of iteration. In fact, in creative calling, I emphasize the importance of iteration a lot, as specifically as a pathway to success. Most people, when you deconstruct the work of the best in the world, it wasn't a zero to one hundred, or you know, it was it was it was not an overnight success. It was a series of iterations, right? Rather than getting stuck in the pursuit of perfection, it's those who embrace the idea of constant refinement that actually win. Now, software developers, if you're listening, this is probably obvious to you, right? The power of iteration. Let's put out an MVP and then we're going to make that product better. We get something moving. And yet, when we move to apply these things, these concepts to our lives, we often forget the power of iteration. We by this societal, cultural bullshit narrative that tells us that it's only winning, you know, the, the gold medal or, you know, ringing the bell of our crowning achievement that is to be celebrated. Instead, understanding that our first attempt is going to have problems. It will not be flawless, is powerful. Embracing the power of iteration, by contrast, right? Embracing the idea of not dissimilar to making mistakes and recovering quickly or learning something and applying the learnings, however you want to think or talk about it. The point is you have given yourself permission to learn, to adapt, and to evolve. Embracing this mindset ought to free you from the fear of failure and entice you to become more resilient in the face of curveballs, challenges. The things that you don't read about on social media, but the things that happen all the time in real life. Make no mistake, success is a very nonlinear path. It's always a series of iterations, especially a constant parade of success, right? The people who are the most fulfilled, the most successful, the happiest, understand that this is not a linear process. It's a path of two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back each one of those things in turn, over time, bringing you closer to your goals. Again, a phrase that I beat to death in my book, Creative Calling, action over intellect. Let that sink in. Action over intellect. So this week, this is a reminder. Today's micro show is a reminder. It's a reminder I made to myself when I learned that little bit about working on my golf simulator. I thought I'd stick in a newsletter which i've done i shared it here on the podcast today so in addition to sharing this with you it's a reminder to myself the fastest way to succeed is to fail remember success isn't about avoiding mistakes it's about learning and adapting it's about taking action it's about making adjustments and continuously refining our approach so let's make a pack this week right let's let go of fear of failure and instead Let's lean into possibilities, the possibilities that arise from the process of growing and learning and repeating. Until next time, my dear friends, it's your buddy Chase from this little cute studio that I'm in right now recording this podcast, hopefully into your ears. Have an amazing week. Go get it. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening, and if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.